0: Need to go. The studios of WFAN, this is Mike on Francesa on the fan on a beautiful Friday, the seventh day of June. A lot going on. Game four NBA Finals tonight as the Wounded Warriors will try and see if they can get something going. Uh, banged up. Uh, no Durant. Yes to Thompson. We'll see how much he and how good he can play and how healthy he is. And that's obviously a big part of the game tonight. Gavin Lur- uh, Looney now supposedly wants to try to play. So that's new. He was out of the series. Now he might try to address tonight, so we'll see how that works out. So we'll get to all that. Uh, We got a lot to get to. Keichel to the Braves, so thankfully I didn't want him with the Yankees anywhere near the Yankees, so I'm happy for that. Yanks in Cleveland, Mets home Colorado. We got all that to do. Belmont Stakes tomorrow. Uh, We will uh, do two races for you today with Brad. The Met Mile. which is one of the great races in America and one of the most important races in America. Uh, And that's race number, I believe, nine tomorrow uh, on the card. And then, yes, and the 11th race is the Belmont. We'll do both with Brad today. He'll be with us at four. So in case you're heading out there tomorrow or you want to play along, we'll uh, get you through the final uh, leg of the Triple Crown uh, with Brad today and a lot of other things to get to. A couple of things first. Um, Yesterday, late in the show, we told you that the NBA did a great job and did the Warriors. By taking this absolute, you know, dope of a a minority owner and basically suspending him for next year, taking him out of the building, you know, making him walk out of the building with a security guard, taking away his ability to watch the rest of the finals. He can have no activities with the team. And he gets fined $500,000, and now he might lose his share in the team. They might have to put it up for sale. So you know what? Great job by the league and by the NBA. Swiftly, right action, the whole deal, very positive. Then you hear this, and it just makes you say, where are we headed? NBA players now, a handful, maybe more than a handful, but at least a handful, including some stars, don't want NBA owners referred to as owners anymore. They think it's derogatory. Now, let me get this straight. I own the team and I can't be called the owner. You have a problem with me paying you 10, 15, 20, 25 million dollars to play basketball, sometimes more. Paying you somewhere, if you're a star, somewhere in the 200 to 250 million dollar range for your uh, talents you got a problem with calling me the owner of the team? There's two kinds of businesses in America. There's the publicly owned one where there are stockholders, and there's the privately owned one where there is an owner. That's it. There's no other kind of business. So now we've reached the point in this world of absurdity where now it is offensive to, as a player, to have someone referred to as the owner You don't want to be in a relationship where someone is the owner and you are the employee? Then you know what? Find another job. And let me see if find one that pays that well. You should be, if you're an NBA player, you should get down on your knees and be thankful there's a place where you can play basketball. And that goes for NBA players, MLB players, football players, anybody who plays sports for a living. Or, you know, plays a guitar for a living. That there's somebody there to pay for their talents. Or talks for a living. That we, any of us, get paid. What is stupid money for what we do? Okay? But the top of the list, the professional athletes. You're going to tell me you have a problem with now a guy being referred to as the owner? It's derogatory? Oh, you got to be kidding me. Did the guy buy the team or not? The guy either was born rich enough or made enough money in his life or figured out a way to finance the darn thing. Whatever he did, there's a guy who is the majority managing general partner. There's gonna have some partners. You know, George, George had a lot of partners, you know, who were in for three and five percent, but he was the managing general partner, which means. He made sure he kept more than 50% of the team at all times so that he made all decisions. He was, in fact, the owner, quote unquote, the owner. How is that offensive? Who in their right mind would think it is offensive to have someone be referred to as the owner of a business or a franchise? If you go to work for a private company, the guy's the owner. Case closed. Or he might be the, you know, the CEO or the guy who runs the company. He might have a pumper company, but he might be the guy. Like, you know, you take a guy like Bezos, who's obviously a genius. He's Amazon. Now, it's a publicly owned company. He still owns a tremendous amount. Obviously, that's why he's worth billions and billions of dollars. But let's be honest. He's the boss. So what? It was his idea. Now, he traded the business publicly. That was his his prerogative. Some people do, some people don't. Now, with teams, that doesn't work that way. But why would you, as an athlete, have a problem with an owner? Now, if the owner isn't a good guy, then don't work for him. When they had a fool as an owner with the Clippers, they ran him out of the sport, which was rightly so, the right thing to do. But how could any? I mean, where are we going? I mean, I heard that, and I'm like... Huh? You want to see if we can come up with a term other than owner for the guy who owns the team? I'd like to hear what the other term is you want to come up with. I mean, some of this stuff is so just, you know, folks, it's just so patently stupid and such a colossal waste of time. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, that that boggles the mind, especially when these guys get paid so much money. It is absurd. They should be every day incredibly – and I think probably most of them are, and rightly so. The only thing they wish they could do is stay longer. That's all. They wish they could – you know what you meet with a professional athlete when he's out of the sport? He wishes he could still play for two reasons. One, he loved to play. Two, he liked hanging around with the other guys. And three, he loved getting paid. And now he's got to go find a real job. Unless he, you know, banked enough money where he doesn't have to. And now he finds out in the real world, there's nobody paying him like the old quote unquote owner who was such a bad guy, who was maybe paying him 10 or 15 or 20 million dollars a year to play a sport. You hear this stuff, and, you know, it, you, know, it just, you just shake your head. You just wonder what, who's, putting, who's coming up with this garbage. And that's all it is. You know, to have an owner. Well, if, if I own the team, what am I? All of a sudden, I'm not the owner. What am I? How would you refer to me? You're the player. He's the coach. I'm the owner. Oh, no, that's offensive. Oh, really? You know what? Find something else to do. You know, the Yankees, for a second, I'm glad Keichel isn't here. I want to see them pursue Bumgarner. I never wanted Keichel. I don't think he would have been a big help. The other thing that I was thinking last night was, I never in my wildest dreams thought LeMay would be this good. I mean, this guy had not had a good season. He's had an unbelievable season. I mean, Erman has been the pitching MVP by far, an incredible surprise. And LeMayu has been the Yankee MVP. They've had some guys come up with good performances this year, no question. And some surprising performances. But the Yankee MVP day in, day out since the season started has been LeMayu. And he has just been unbelievably consistent, clutch, versatile, two-way player, you name it. I mean I thought he was you know, I didn't watch him that much. Knew he could play. Numbers were good. Never ever thought he was this good. He is a terrific baseball player. Really, you can't have too many guys who play like him. Are the Yankees better because of his versatility and the way he plays and the way he hit and goes about his business? Absolutely. You'd like to have two more like him. I mean, he's just been utterly, utterly terrific. They get back on winning ways last night in an easy game. Now to the Mets who get ready for the uh, Rockies this weekend after a couple wins. You know, it's funny. Everyone is making fun of Vargas about the complete game shutout. Think, it, think of it this way. You know how many complete game shutouts in his career DeGrom has? One. You know how many Syndergaard has? Two. You know how many Vargas has? Eight. So you got a whole lot better chance of seeing Vargas throw one of those babies than you do either Syndergaard or DeGrom, statistically. Has eight career complete game shutouts. Put it in perspective, Kershaw has 15 to lead active pitchers. CC had 12. Verlander, as an example, has eight. Uh, King Felix had 11. Has 11. I don't think he'll be throwing anymore, but he has 11. But Vargas has eight. So it's not like it is the rarest of occurrences. You just didn't know if you were going to see one again, but it's not the rarest of feats for him. Matter of fact, He's done it a whole lot more than the other med starters have. In a big way, a whole lot more. I mean, it's not. Let's be honest; it's not even close. Belmont tomorrow. It's been a weird Triple Crown season, obviously, from what happened in the Derby and how it fractured everything. Uh, normally, we get a nice day. You have a Belmont triple, You have a triple, a triple Crown try. We used to get 100,000. They capped it at 90 for logistical reasons in recent years. Tomorrow, sunny day, let's say to get 45. bet it's a nice day out there. The crowd won't drive you crazy tomorrow. You'll be able to bet. You'll be able to walk around. It'll be a sunny day. It'll be a nice place to be. You got a concert afterwards if you're a Flow Rider fan. You got Southside there today if that interests you after the races. So, And you got a very good card tomorrow. It's a very good card. There's a lot of good stake races. There's a lot of big races. The racing starts at 11.50 in the morning. Uh, that's the first race. The problem is with the day, to be honest with you. The day's great, and then they start slowing it up around race nine. And then you get about a race every hour and 15 minutes up until the race. And it takes forever to get to the Belmont. That's the hard part. When you're waiting and it's because the Belmont goes goes off right before 7. So it's a long day. But you know what? It's a good day out there tomorrow. I recommend it. Uh, Like I said, it won't be crazy. You know, 90,000, it's tough. Traffic, getting in and out, the whole thing. 45,000, piece of cake especially in that place. It's a very big building. It can hold a lot of people. The park side holds plenty of people. The track side holds plenty of people. Um, so, you know, if you're in the shade there, just remember, well, you can always buy a sweatshirt, but it's cold. It, it, the difference between the park side and the track side of that place is like 20 degrees in the, in, in the shade. Maybe more. It's just weird. It's just it's the way it's built. It's very strange. But that's the difference. If you're sitting in a reserve seat and it's in the shade, beware. You might have to go on a side to warm up. That's just the way it is. But uh, it can, it's supposed to be a beautiful day, and you're going to see plenty of good races. We'll give you a couple today. We'll, we'll do the Met Mile and the uh, Belmont with Brad coming up uh, in about you know 45 minutes from now. We'll do it. So we've got a lot going on. You got a game six coming up with St. Louis. The Blues looking to, you know, take home the cup. They got a chance now to win it in six after last night's win. So that comes your way Sunday. Uh, Right now, Toronto. And Toronto right now has a great chance to win this series because they know that odds are Thompson's not going to be 100%. There's no DeGrom. They're not only fighting the Warriors right now to fight in the calendar because what they don't want is they don't want Durant to get healthy enough to come back for Game six and seven or five six and seven and steal the series. They, if if Toronto wants to win that series, they win it tonight and then close it in five. That's their way to win that series, and they will get a chance. Thompson or no Thompson, they will get an opportunity to win that game tonight. And if Thompson. Watch Thompson on defense. That's where you'll be able to tell whether he's really hurting or not. Offense, he'll be able to get a shot off. Defense is where you'll really see because they need him. With Iguodala down, not nearly the defender that he's been, they need him in a big way to play defense. And that will be where you watch him fighting through screens and stuff like that. You can see whether he can actually use his leg to any real amount here. And the only way he could is if that is not a severe hamstring. It's not even a week yet. So if he couldn't play in three, I can't see him being 100% in four. So I think Toronto gets their chance tonight to just do the same things they did. Play the same game plan. Get to the front of the rim. Attack the offensive glass. Make them push at all moments. Run your running players fervently like Siakam. Run them, run them, run them make them play, make them balance the floor, make them be conscious of, of, of floor balance and transition defense. Get easy baskets that way. Toronto has a lot of edges right now with them being so limited physically. So that's game four tonight on a Friday night of what should be a good uh, sports weekend. A lot going on in the next couple of weeks, including the U.S. Open next week, so as we head towards Father's Day. But first, we got a lot going on this weekend. We'll get it all rolling right after this. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blockout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.